Good morning. Hey, hey. How are you? I'm doing good today. I mean, we'll get into it, but I'm a little fiery this morning. You are? Fantastic. I love it. Well, hey, I want to um, start with a huge shout out to our listeners. I, you, <laughs> you said, hey, check out the email. And so I went and I looked at email. So we have our Patreon up. We have our Instagram up. We have these things that are up and going. It's the suspended pod. The suspended sentence podcast. Jeez. Um, and we had a ton of emails. Your guys' support and your questions and your comments are phenomenal. Thank you so much. And we will get to a point. We, we haven't answered everybody yet. Sorry for that. There's a lot of emails in there. Um, the questions are, are great. We love that. So we'll have to do a Q&A episode to answer some of your guys' questions. Yeah. So if you have something that you want to know or you want us to talk about, send us an email and we're making a list of cases to cover, of things that you yeah. guys are requesting us to talk about, um, topics you guys want us to talk about. And then eventually we're, we're going to make a list that we've got a full episode that we can do maybe a quick Q&A. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But that was really great. So thank you guys. Thanks for reaching out. We love hearing from the people who are who are listening to us because it seems like sometimes we're just having a conversation and it's just going out there and so to actually hear from you guys is very cool thank you so much thank you for that there has been quite a few questions and comments about my book which we only mentioned briefly one time which is really cool you guys are really listening and as we get closer to the release date which will just be a couple weeks we'll do an entire episode on on the book what it covers and 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 talk about that but but we're gonna wait a little bit to do that maybe just a couple more weeks um so but thank you we wanted to start just by saying thank you we we wouldn't this is why we do it yep and if you haven't had a chance yet to check out our instagram um that's just the suspended sentence podcast on instagram we do post a lot more information there's resources on there as well as um some information about each of the cases that we do um I like to put a face to the names and I like to, I think it makes it not just a story that you're hearing. It makes it real. And I think that's really important when we're talking about victims and we're talking about things that have happened to these people. Absolutely. And we say this a lot that, that the things that we talk about affects everyone Mm -hmm. and, and through my prison reform efforts and everything else I talk about, I talk about this a lot too, that the criminal justice system only works and it's only fair if people who are affected by it, people who are not affected by it, care as much as those that are. Mm-hmm. And it does affect all of us. In one way, shape, or form, it does affect all of us. It might just be, it might just affect you because of the taxes that you pay that go towards the prison system, but it affects all of us and it, it affects us, us profoundly. And so, but anyway, thank you to everyone. Thank you so yes, much for... Huge for, thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for your support. Thanks for your questions. Thanks for reaching out. We will get back to each and every single one of you. Um, I just wasn't, I guess, expecting that big of a response so or reaction. So it's going to take us a little bit of time. Please bear with us with that. Yeah. And the biggest thing that you can do to support us is tell people about us word of mouth. And if you, you know somebody that would be interested in the things we're talking about, share us with them. We greatly appreciate all of you so much absolutely so i'm tracy i'm samantha this is the suspended sentence what are we talking about today sam i am well so we're going to be talking about mary vincent but before we get into this i 
there's some true crime news that happened in the last week that I am a little fiery about. So if we can really? do a little true crime news intro, because I want to get your opinion on this, and that is um, Tristan Bailey. Uh. So a couple years ago, she was brutally murdered by a classmate, um, yep. Aiden Fucci. He stabbed her 114 times. Yep. And she was found on Mother's Day of 2021. Oh and my gosh, I know. I He just had sentencing last week. Yep. And because he's a minor, got 40 years, but is eligible for parole in 20. I'm, I get it, but where is the line between being a child and having, getting off easy for that? Like, I understand he wasn't eligible for a death sentence because he's a minor. Mm-hmm. I understand he wasn't eligible for a life sentence because he's a minor. But at what point, if we're at 14 committing crimes like this, is, it makes me angry. I'm angry. He's going to be 40 by the time, even if he serves his full sentence, he's going to be in his late 40s by the time he gets out. Mm-hmm. He's going to be an able-bodied man by the time he gets out of jail. Right. Are you asking me for my opinion? I would love to hear your opinion. <laughs> um. Okay, well, break it down for me. Ask the questions because I, I have a million things to say about this about this case. So break it down. What question do you want me? I mean, what do you think about his sentencing, first off? His sentencing. So crimes with kids are a little bit different. We handle them differently. We being mental health field and the criminal justice field, we handle them differently for multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. Number one, you're... The human brain is not developed until sometime, bet- fully developed until sometime between the age of 23 and 27 years old. So the capacity to understand the consequences, the long-term consequences of your actions, it's not completely developed. It's not, the maturity level is not completely there, especially at 14 years old. So that's why we handle it a little bit differently or a whole lot differently. <clears throat> it's why federal laws say that children children, minors under the age of 19, 18 can't be, cannot get the death penalty for crimes that they, that they commit. It's, Mm -hmm. it's unconstitutional and it, and it cannot happen regardless of the severity of those crimes. So what do I think about his crime? He, if, if I am regurgitating this correctly, did he or did he not befriend her? Yep. Did he or did he not lure her basically Yep. Get her to sneak out of her house. Posted on Snapchat being like, where are you, Tristan? Faked. From the back of a cop car. Faked, yeah. Tried to cover it up, which which signifies very manipulative, cognitive, I understand what I just did behavior. Um, did he not do all of those things? He did. And and you asked the question, at what point, what what did you say? At what point does it turn, what it, what was the question? At that what you, point is this, is the crime outweigh the fact that you're a teenager? I'll, I'll tell you exactly in my mind where, where that point is. It is literally at stab number two. And this is why. Because emotion... There's a lot of things that make you impulsively or reactively do things, okay? And and I am, seriously, I am one of the calmest people in the world. I am super objective. It is very, very hard to get me riled up. There has been points, actually quite recently, that I have been so angry and so emotional, so emotional and so hurt by someone that I've punched them, that mm-hmm. I've hit them. 
It happened, I mean, just like a couple months ago. But then when that happens, I'm like, oh shit, what did I just do? And I walk away, right? right? Like I retreat. So, but I punched someone. I didn't stab them. Right. Okay. And, and instantly, I mean, it's like emotion, whatever your reaction, your is what it is, but then you retreat, right? To actually follow through and do and stab someone, Samantha, 114 times. Yeah, that's. That isn't just rage. That is, that, that, (laughs) the line is drawn way, way before. 114 times. Okay, unless, even if you're making the motion super fast, that's over a minute. And that doesn't seem like a long time. But if I right now was quiet for a whole minute, you would be like, that was a really long time. Right. Well, and here's the other thing. Here's my where my other question comes in. So his mother was also arrested for when he came <clears throat> home, he was clearly covered in blood. Sure. I mean, I've never stabbed somebody 114 times, but I've like... Oh, but you, you've never stabbed someone. Be specific I, here. <laughs> <laughs> well, that either. But I'm going to assume a lot of blood comes with that. Yes. So he had a lot of blood on his clothes. His mother washed his clothes in the sink before putting them in the wash. At what point as a parent, like this is the big argument, like all over TikTok, all over everything is, well, she was protecting her son. No, bullshit. But at what point is that, are you no longer protecting your child, but you're enabling them? Um, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so I actually have been in a situation where I've had to make tough decisions for, for one of my children. And you know this, anybody who knows me knows this about me. I am over the top about my kids. Mm-hmm. I am super protective. I, I don't want to say helicopter mom, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I would go to the ends of the earth for my children. I would deflect. I would, I mean, the things that, that we will do as mothers for our children. But let me tell you, if my son ever came home covered in blood there wouldn't be there it it would it would be as a mother I mean and I am my my kid's friend also but I am their mother first yeah and it would certainly be uh I love you I'm gonna support you I'm gonna stand by you I'm gonna put money on your books I'm gonna make sure that you're taking care of the best that I can but there are consequences to actions 100 percent and as a parent, you do not teach your child anything by covering up for them, making excuses for them, not holding them accountable. Yeah. You don't do that. That isn't that it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Yeah. His mom during sentencing was like, he is we can rehabilitate him. He just needs therapy. He just needs da 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 like, no, no. I, I disagree with that. Well, <clears throat> Tristan's poor family is sitting there, and I'm sure everybody at this point has seen their impact statements. Yes. They're broken for the rest of their lives. That family will never be whole again because they are missing their sister, their daughter, their friend. Well, and the... Oh, my God, the and survivor's he just, and guilt. he just needs therapy. No, no, no he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't. To be able to do what he did at 14 years old, I mean, I I disagree with that. 
And I believe in people and I believe in, I believe that people can change. I believe, I don't believe in rehabilitation. I believe in habilitation. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about that later in a different episode because those are two vastly different words, Mm -hmm. but you can't just talk your way out of what he just did. You know, the most profound thing that I saw regarding that case was her sister putting 114 rocks or crystals into that jar one by one. That was profound. Yeah, and then followed by her brother did clear ones about the loss of faith in humanity, the loss of hope, the loss of all of the things that that family has now lost. Absolutely. And I I can't imagine and my my heart to go out to that family and I now Mother's Day for them is no longer a happy occasion of celebrating. Oh, absolutely not. That is a day no. that will forever be changed for that family. Well, everything, everything is forever changed for that family. It would be interesting to do to do maybe a backup story on that case because I would really like to see the psychology behind, you know, the why matters. Mm-hmm. It does matter. It doesn't change my opinion oh, well, of the he, crime. He it was doesn't... telling people that he, it didn't matter to him who he ended up killing. He had been telling his friends for weeks that he was going to lure somebody out in the woods and he was going to say That's what I wanted to know. That's what I wanted to know. So it that was premeditation. He had thought about it. He didn't matter. It didn't matter who it was. She just went with him. She just went with him. She it was convenience of who yeah. came with him. Oh, that's awful. It's horrible. So clearly I'm riled up about this, so we definitely will have to do a follow-up because I'm mad. I'm mad. Well, I'm mad for that family. My heart is completely broken for them. Beautiful, beautiful life lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, the social responsibility. I talk about this a lot. The social responsibility. Nobody said anything. Did everybody just think he was full of shit? Yeah. I I mean, really. I mean, why? I, I Nobody said anything. Nobody said, hey, this is, and he has, because, I mean, talking shit is talking shit. Even, even in, you know, I have extensive training in suicide prevention. And one of the, I, maybe I shouldn't say this. Maybe I shouldn't tell people this, but one of the, the biggest signifiers is having a plan, mm-hmm. right? It's not just saying I want to do this because honestly, I would like to be a billionaire. Okay. It's when I have a plan. I mean, when somebody has a plan that they're taking it seriously, it's Mm -hmm. not just words. It's when you actually have a plan. So for him to say to someone, I want to kill somebody. This is how I'm going to do it. And nobody took that seriously. The social responsibility there. Whew. I agree. Well, we'll follow up on this. Thank you for letting me. Let me yeah. let me go this morning. I think it's important, and it just happened, like I said, last week, and so we're it's fresh on my mind. I've actually had a client, Samantha, who um who killed someone, mm-hmm. um and it's um it's tough. It's a tough deal, even though I can justify the hell out of what he did, what my client did. Um, and I can see it. We all saw it coming. We all knew it was going to happen. We all saw how the system repetitively, repetitively let this kid down and made exceptions and allow, really allowed this to happen. Um, still, even you know when he was sentenced, it was literally the conversation was there are consequences to actions. Yeah. You know you don't you don't get to just go and do things without eventually, regardless of what it is, all of us, you don't get to go through life hurting people emotionally, psychologically, physically, whatever. You don't get to go through life 
continually doing the same thing without eventually shit catching up to you. Some people call it karma, but it's real. You don't get to do that. There are consequences to actions. I agree. Well, thank you for letting us go on that. Yeah, so, and let's definitely do a follow-up on that one. I, I'd like to. And there's a couple other cases that come to my brain with, with cases like that where kids kill their friend and because they wanted they watched horror movies and wanted to make a horror movie. I mean, there's cases that we could probably do an episode on on that. Yeah. On Ugh, I agree. I can't. I agree. Well, so we're going to jump into another horrible thing. Um, right. <laughs> I will let you know right now this woman does survive. Oh, so good. This is a survival case and sorry, you're going to hear weird noises while I adjust. Ugh. Uh, this is the story of Mary Vincent. Do you know who Mary Vincent is? No. So, this case, this woman, Mary, is incredibly strong. An incredibly strong woman that I don't understand how she survived this. Her fight to stay alive is remarkable. Mm. And this woman, to this day, is amazing. And we'll talk about the things that she's doing because she took horrible events and made them... She's doing something great with it. Great. I love that. So this case place, takes place on September 29th of 1978. When Mary was 15 years old, she was living in Las Vegas. There isn't a whole lot known about her her childhood other than she came from a military family and was having a rough time. And so she was running away to move to California. Okay. Okay, so she's 15. She was hitchhiking to her grandfather's house who lived in L.A. She So it's the 70s. People were hitchhiking all the time in the 70s. What we learned from the 70s, like, let's maybe not hitchhike. Let's maybe not do that. <laughs> so she was standing on the side of the road with two other hitchhikers with signs of where, where they wanted to go. When Larry Singleton pulled up in his blue van. Mary described him as a friendly grandfather type, and she felt very comfortable around him. She said he was wearing his little overalls. Seemed like a nice elderly man. Mm-hmm. So she felt pretty comfortable. He told the girls that he only had one had room for one of the girls in his van. Remember, his van yeah. has room for one girl. And the other girls that were standing there with Mary said, maybe you shouldn't go. And she said, I'm just tired. I've been traveling for two days. Like, I just want to get to my grandfather's. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to take the ride. Larry was a 51-year-old former Marine who had got, had recently been divorced and had a 15-year-old daughter. He had told Mary about his daughter, and she said this made her feel more comfortable. He's a dad. Yeah. He said, or that's actually true. That's true. Oh, okay. So he's telling her about his daughter. She said this makes him feel more comfortable. He said he wasn't actually going to L.A., but he would make a detour for her to get her where she needed to go. He said that they would take Interstate 5, which would be the fastest route. Okay. So he's saying all the right things to make this, make Mary feel comfortable getting in the van. Mary said it was a very uneventful um, ride until she lit a cigarette and sneezed, at which point he reached over and felt her neck and said, are you sick? And she said that just kind of felt weird. Like she she leaned over to smoke a cigarette. Yeah, she lit it. She lit a cigarette and sneezed. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> screams the seventies than fifteen year old kids smoking. Just lighting up a cigarette <laughs> in the back of this car. So he reaches over while driving and kind of touches like her her glands and it's like, oh, are you sick? And she was like, that was weird. Hmm. Like, okay, cool. You're a nice old man, but like, don't touch me. Like that'd right. be cool. She said after that, nothing really made her uncomfortable, so she fell asleep. She was tired. She fell asleep. 
When she woke up, she noticed that they were going east and not towards L.A. She said that she had noticed a yardstick on the floor, which she then grabbed and held at Larry, <laughs> threatening to beat him with it and demanded where to, to know where he was taking her. He said it was just a mistake and he had taken a wrong turn. And she was like, all right, well, I can get back on the right road then, dude. Like, take me where you said you're going to take me. They, he said, all right, cool, we'll turn around. I just need to believe myself on the side of the road. Give me a minute. He pulls over. He gets out and he is using the restroom and she takes this opportunity to get out and stretch. She bends down and ties her sh- to tie her shoe when Larry sneaks up behind her and hits her in the head with a hammer. Oh my gosh. He looks so peaceful. And then you... I, I, I was like, that was abrupt. <laughs> yeah, it was abrupt for her as well. So clearly this knocked her out. And when she woke up, she was completely naked and tied up in the back of the van. Mm. He then forced her to perform sexual favors, where then he raped her and she um, and said and made her drink a strange subject substance that she thinks was alcohol, but it made her sleepy, so she's not really sure. She recalls being raped six times that evening. Oh my god! So she said she passed out many times during this, and when she woke up again, he had thrown her on the side of the road and told her just to lay down. She began begging him to set her free, and trigger warning if you don't want to hear something really graphic, maybe fast forward like 30 seconds. Um, Told her, you want to be set free, I'll set you free. Walked to the van and then held her down and cut off her right arm with a (gasps) The next, after that, he hit her so many times that it severed her left arm at the elbow, so he's cut off both of her arms. Oh my god! He then pushed her off a 30-foot embankment and said, there, now you're free. So just cuts off this woman's arms and then throws her down a 30 foot. Not this woman, this child. Yeah. She's 15. So he thinks that she's dying. She's like, well, she's bleeding to death, like whatever. And so he gets in his car and he leaves. She said, she thought to herself, I can either lie here and die or I can fight and stop him from doing this to someone else. Oh my God. She forces herself to stay awake and said, quote, he threw me off a cliff. I should have broken bones. I should have bled to death on the way down or at least passed out. And I don't, I didn't. I remember everything that that man did to me. I wanted to give up. I wanted to go to sleep, but I felt like someone was there with me. I heard a voice telling me, get up, fight or others will die. Oh my gosh. So Mary lost 50% of her body's blood supply at the bottom of that cliff. To stop herself from losing more blood, she packed her wounds with mud. I am a grown woman. How did she do that without arms? I am a grown woman. I would not have thought to do that. Like, that is... She was in shock. shock. She was... Oh, my God. She's not thinking clearly. She's been hit in the head with a hammer. She's been raped Raped repetitively. She's been thrown off a 30-foot cliff. She has no arms. Like, Uh the fact that this woman... like, Or this... Sorry. Like you said, girl. This child thought I need to stop the bleeding and packed her like that is remarkable that her brain was like that she was thinking like that oh my god talk about survivor Mm -hmm. so it takes her hours but she climbs the 30 foot cliff now think about this yeah a cliff with no arms no hands so it took her hours to get up this 30 foot so she's fought for hours getting up the 30 foot cliff and then she gets to the top and there's no vehicle, so she has to walk three more miles before she sees another car. Oh, my God. She sees a car with two guys in it. They begin to slow down, and then when they see her speed off, 
She says that she understands why they were terrified. She was completely naked, covered in blood. She had her arms above her head to st try and stop the flow of bleeding. She was like, I would have been terrified seeing me too. She's like, I don't hold that against them, which is also remarkable because... It is also remarkable because let me tell you, though, you pieces of shit. Literally. Like, seriously, you could tell men who drove by that she was clearly in distress and you didn't stop to help her. Mm-hmm. So, a little while later, a couple who took a wrong turn, they were actually on their honeymoon, took a wrong turn, came upon her. They loaded her up, wrapped her in blankets in the back seat, and drove to the airport so that they could call 911 because it's 78. There's not, they don't have cell phones to call 911. Right. So, they drive to the local airport and call 911. At the hospital, she didn't stop fighting there. You'd think that getting to the hospital, she can probably be like, okay, I can let my, like, battered, bruised, broken oh body gosh. heal for a minute. Right? No. She says, no, I would like to describe my attacker, please. Can you, I get, can you give me the police? Before she's even seen for medical. She described Larry so perfectly that the sketch of him looks like it's a photo of him. And I'll post that because it looks like a photo of him. She described him perfectly. Wow. Larry's neighbor, who was also his friend, saw it on the news and called to identify him. She, they were like, he was like, dude, that's Larry. Mm. In 1979, he went to court, <clears throat> and there's not any information on, like, how he was arrested. I'm sure, like, probably just at his home, but there's nothing about, like, his arrest. But 79, he went to court, and Mary testified against him. Um, she will not refer to him by his name, but only as the man that attacked her. During it, uh, during her trial, she had, you know, prosthetics, like, mm -hmm. but metal ones, they didn't look like hands, because yeah. the 70s, like, prosthetics have come a long way. She pointed her hooked arm at him and said, 100%, that is the man that did this to me. <sighs> to him in court. Like, the power of this woman, she's, like, 16 at this point, is remarkable. She oh, is remarkable. Absolutely. He claims that he was really drunk that night and called Mary a $10 whore that he picked up on the side of the road. He said that there was another man, also named Larry, that was in the back of the van. And if anything, any crime was committed against her, it must have been the other Larry. Because oh. it wasn't him. Hmm. He was drunk. He, she was just a $10 whore. It wasn't, it wasn't him. Larry made a comment to Mary as she was walking out of court under his breath and said, I'll finish the job if it takes the rest of my life. So clearly she runs out of court. She's terrified. Like, this man cut off her arms and is telling her he will do this to her. He will finish the job. So Larry, this is what's going to make you really mad. Larry was convicted and got the mass sentence of 14 years for attempted murder and rape. 14 years. 14 years. He served eight for good behavior. He served eight for good behavior. When he got out of jail, he then sued Mary and said that this was all his fault. Or all her fault because she attacked him and accused her of rape. What? So he serves eight years and then sues her. Obviously, he lost that court case. Obviously, he did not win that because anybody that has ears and can see what happened in this case. Well, weirder <sighs> things have happened. I've seen, I mean. So clearly, Mary moved around a lot because she was too scared to live in one place too long. He had promised that he was going to finish the you job. Bet. She was terrified. Um, she later had two sons of her own and said that they are what saved her life because she was paranoid. She Did was she scared. get married? 
She does, yeah. So his daughter was also also moved around a lot, his 15-year-old daughter at the time. Mm-hmm. She said she was terrified of this man, that he used to beat her and her mother, and that, honestly, doctors were surprised that she came out, like, normal, because he beat her so badly when she was pregnant with her that they said she should have came out with disformities. Oh, my God. So she did the same thing. She moved around. She was terrified that he was going to find her, too. Mm-hmm. So when he got out... The citizens in California protested him even living in their in their neighborhoods. Good. He was from town to town. There were so many protests saying, "No, he will not live near my children. He will not live near me." Mm-hmm. That he had to live on the grounds of San Quentin Prison in a mobile home to finish out his parole. Good. He then moved to Florida, where his brothers and sisters um, lived, and then protests started there again because people had Good. heard of him. So, from 19, he was here from 1990 to 1991, where he was arrested three times for shoplifting during that time. <laughs> he, uh, people were smoke, throwing, like, smoke bombs at his brother's house. They were always protesters. So, due to these issues, his brother finally kicked him out and was like, dude, you can't live here. Like, I've got a family. Like, yeah. you can't be here. So, he moved into a home that his, another family owned, where his neighbor said that they loved him and that he was a fantastic guy. Mm. Great neighbor. He would fix things around the neighborhood. If you had something broken, Larry would be right there to fix it for you. What a mm-hmm. remarkable man that guy was. So, in 1992, he tried to kill himself in his van by taking a tube from his exhaust into his vehicle. And all the neighbors came out and were like, dude, what's going on? Saved him. He was then taken to a psychiatric facility for about a week before returning home. Three weeks later, on February in February... A man who had done some renovations for Larry said that he heard some commotions when he came when he came by. He looked in the curtains and saw naked Larry naked stabbing a woman on his couch. <gasps> he called the police and an officer went by where Larry opened the door covered in the woman's blood. And the woman was pronounced dead at the scene. Her name was Roxanne Hayes. She was a 31-year-old mother of three who was a sex worker in Tampa. Florida flew Mary down for his trial for Roxanne, Roxanne's murder. She wanted, she said that the only thing she wanted to see was his eyes. She wanted to look into the eyes of the man that had attacked her. Um, he was convicted of Roxanne's murder and sentenced to death, but died a few years short, a few, a few years later in 2001 on death row from cancer. Hmm. So he still didn't serve time. He still didn't have to serve his yeah. time or get his punishment. Due to this case, le- legislator went through making crimes that happened the crimes that happened to Mary a life sentence instead of a 14-year sentence. Mary said she still has horrible nightmares, but she is now an artist. She said that she could not draw a straight line before she lost her arms. She said that she is in the third stage of of this of this. She was first a victim, then she was a survivor, and now she's an artist. She makes her own prosthetics. She doesn't like the prosthetics that are on the market, so mm-hmm. she says she likes tinkering. Her grandfather used to like to do that, so she makes her own prosthetics, and they're really cool where they can turn just perfectly with a pencil, and she's oh, just nice. constantly tinkering with them. Um, and she she loves art, so that's what she's doing. She makes kind of like anime-type art. Mm-hmm. And she also started the Mary Vincent Foundation that helps teens who have also been sexually assaulted. Oh, I love that. She had a hard time reconnecting with her parents after everything. She said, A, it was kind of a rough relationship to begin with. Mm-hmm. 
But when she came back, she said they had a hard time not making it about them. And she said it was, oh, this horrible thing happened to us. Our daughter doesn't have arms. And she was like, I didn't have a safe place to cope with the things that happened to me. Mm-hmm. And so she didn't end up leaving again when she was 17. And that's when she started moving around and kind of built her own community and started doing... The fact that she had the power... Is she still alive today? She is, yeah. Where does she live? I don't know. She's, it's hard to find, but also she's very private, rightfully yeah. so. Yeah. Um, the reason I feel like this case fits, though, her sentencing, his sentencing for her... Mary has said this, too. Had they sentenced him appropriately for her, what happened to her, Somebody Roxanne would be alive. Would be alive. Yeah. Yeah. And she was like... And that was her whole thing. And she said she had a hard time with that because the reason she fought so hard is she didn't want it to happen to someone else. Yeah. And so, A, that sentencing was, excuse my language, bullshit. Mm-hmm. Followed by the fact that she had the strength to go down and not once, not twice, but three times go and look him in the eye and be like, you are a horrible human that yeah. does not deserve, like, testified over. She fought for for. Oh, my gosh. What an incredibly strong woman. Yeah. Wow. The brain on her and the... The way she kept her head and fought. That's remarkable. That's impressive. Yeah. It's a hard story, but she's... She's remarkable. She is remarkable. And then to turn it into something good to help other people is just... And I'll put um, a link to her website if you want to go... Definitely. make donations or anything Absolutely. to the foundation. She's, yeah, she's remarkable. When did that happen? 1979, is that what you 78 said? 78 is when it happened. 78? To, to Mary, yeah. So 41 years ago? hmm So she's, she's what? 56? Um, wow. Yeah, got two boys, and she she loves her boys. She said 100% that they she had to be strong for them, and they saved her life because of that. Yeah, children do that. So. Hard. Hard, sad case, and I can't even imagine, but she's remarkable. She is remarkable. <clears throat> Thanks for bringing that and one, We don't Sam. get very many survivors. Or the, yeah, I love that. good come out of it, so throw that in there. That was a good one. That was good. Thanks for sharing that. We'll put the links to all of that again up on our Instagram so you guys can check that out. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, and remember to give us a follow on Instagram. The Suspended Sentence Podcast. Or if you have to want to send us an email, the Suspended Sentence Podcast at gmail.com. Perfect. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Stay safe.